Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um. Welcome back to another edition of All Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Uh, we got a lot to get into. It is good to be back. Hope everybody had a great holiday weekend. We got to talk about the Heat winning game seven against the Boston Celtics. They advanced to the NBA Finals. We will break it down. We'll slap it up, flip it, and rub it down from every angle and talk about it at the top of the three here and the top of the five o'clock. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain at the top of the four and the top of the six. We'll talk about Texas baseball, uh, where they're headed. Uh, we'll also get into Texas football. Steve Sarkeesian making three hires to uh, the analyst role, but all of them special assistants uh, to the head coach. So we'll get into that and break it down and talk about what it means for Texas football. Also, Scotty Pippen, once again, talking some trash about the GOAT. We'll get into that. And the NBA, the gift that keeps on giving. Apparently, they're investigating their own. And we'll discuss why that's actually a lot more funny than it sounds. Well, all that more, before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pimping ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Mike Hardball Hard. What's going on, brother? Man, it's a Tuesday, short week, but we're getting right into it. A lot to cover. Texas makes some hires on the football side. Ooh, and that's right. I'm like, ooh, there's mm-hmm. a lot going on. But you're right. That game uh, last night was a sleeper. 
was a sleeper. <laughs> Your boy was tired. He went to bed. He realized it was over. But we'll talk about it here in just a minute. Uh, let me talk about the man that sits across from me every day. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn. Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rob Babels. I appreciate the intro as always. That's not a waste of any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know he's underpaid. It is Patrick Davis, y'all. What's going on, Patrick? Oh, doing good, doing good. Ready to go. All right. We got NBA finals are set, gentlemen, but we got plenty of time to break that down. <laughs> and we will. But, of course, we'll talk about game seven last night, the Miami Heat. Yeah, and you're right. They put an Old Testament-style butt-whipping, old biblical-style butt-whipping on the Boston Celtics um, to uh, make it uh, leave no doubt, I should say that, leave yeah. no doubt at all uh, that they are the team uh, that deserves to advance to the NBA finals. So we'll talk about that and break it down. You can be a part of the show. Specs Tech Science the best way to do it, 512 Seven three seven seven six. Uh, you also hit us up via Twitter. Hard is at Hardball Hard in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis said it's Patrick Davis, and I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. All right, gentlemen, uh, let's get into it. A because it was a dominant win. Uh, we thought Game Sevens usually have a lot more drama. I mean, just associated with Game Sevens overall. Period. No matter what sport you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, there was not a lot of drama in this Game Seven. Um, how about this? If you go look, and I love this stat to just talk about how Im- improbable this run for Miami has been. And there are a ton of these types of stats out there. We can kind of start from whatever angle you guys want to start because there's not really much to talk about from the game. The biggest storyline of the game was Jason Tatum spraying his ankle, rolling his ankle early in the game. Uh, and Rub some dirt on it and get back out there. Let's go. Yeah. It's game seven. I know it is, but I mean that it, it was you, you saw it was ugly. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It, it's not. It's not one of those where you're like, man, he should be able to snap back. No, he almost snapped off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it's hard to you know dive into the matchup actually without talking about things. So we'll get into the Miami Heat and really kind of the macro of all this heading into the NBA Finals for them. Uh, but Jason Tatum sprained his left ankle. He still ended up playing. Ended up with 14 points. This is a guy who was. Um, I believe the season, sorry, the series uh, scoring leader. Uh, he was leading it with 27 points per game in the series in the first six games. Um, ended up with 5 or 13 that series. And that really kind of set the tone from then. It was kind of a downward spiral. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, that happened literally in like the first, what, 90 seconds of the game? <laughs> yeah. And, for, and I hate to say from then on, it seemed like a downward spiral. Uh, and not that it went south just immediately, but it once because even the Miami Heat started a little bit slow. Yeah. But it seemed like once the Miami Heat got their groove, and it didn't take them that long to get their groove. Um, I mean, they really just kind of took they separated themselves, and the Celtics shot themselves out of the game. Yeah, they did early on in this matchup. I mean, that to me was probably one of the biggest storylines is that early on they missed so many three pointers early on, and, and they kept shooting three-pointers. I was just about to say. Wasn't they, that the <laughs> fact that they was missing? They it was the fact them. that they kept shooting them. Yeah, they kept shooting them. I yeah. think they missed their first 12. Was it 12? I believe it was their first 12 uh, three-pointers they missed. And it was one of the things that's really hard, kind of uh, haunted the Celtics the entire series, even though they came back after being down 3-0. And you got to give them a lot of credit for that type of fortitude. They couldn't solve the Miami Heat zone. Exactly. 
and they were switching and flipping the zone uh, every, every other or every mm-hmm. two or three possessions. They'd flip to the zone, flip it back, and they never really could figure out the soft spots in the zone. And ultimately, that's why schematically the Miami Heat had a, an advantage in this series, and they came back to Hunnam in Game 7. That just goes to show you, too, you look at the free throw percentages, right? You look at how many free throws were attempted by the Heat yesterday. They were five of six from free throws. The the Boston Celtics crazy. were 11 of 13. Hmm. So combined, you didn't even get 20 free throws, but yet and still you were 9 of 42 from three-point land. How about starting to attack the rim every once in a while? Give yourself a chance, and you just let the game, as you said, slip away from you. When you start breaking down all of the the plays that were happening, you got to look at what Jalen Brown was. He was non-existent, kept turning the ball, ball over kept every time. I think he turned it over eight times yesterday in, in a situation yeah. where your team needed you, especially – when your Batman gets hurt, this was your opportunity. This was your opportunity to be that guy, and you couldn't take that extra step because you kept turning the ball over. But shout-out to what the Miami Heat was able to do and what they've continued to do in every opportunity that they've got. They've made the most of it. A lot of people, we were talking about it. They were wobbling over there. But the record still stays the same. There's not anybody that has come back from down three games to win or to advance to the next round. And then they, what were they, like 5-0, and 6-0 and in closeout games or something like that? And they couldn't do that either. So you sit there and look at Boston and you say, what is next for them? But I'm looking more at the heat and saying, way to go, way to rally. Because you could have easily been deflated on that last second shot the night before or two nights ago where they went in and Derek White got the tip in Derek to win White, it. It could have yeah, literally balled. <laughs> Ball ding. <laughs> but for them to rally back and say, all right, guys, we're, we're okay, not panic, was able to go out there and continue to push, that was good stuff right there. Um, it, it, yeah, the, the biggest uh, adjustment, or at least I'll say schematic issue conundrum for Boston, really was the Heat and them throwing out a ton of zone uh, cover, zone defense. I, I found this stat, and I'm sure Patrick will like this stat too, because this is a it is unbelievable. Um, got it from NBA.com, so I trust them. Said for uh, if you look at it, no team since 2017. All right, so Miami, uh, no team since 2017 has played more than. 223 possessions of zone defense over the course of the regular season. And Miami played over 1,400 possessions of zone defense. Wow. The most for any team uh, in the last 17 years, it says, in the NBA. That's basically since they started tracking it. Um, and in the in the playoffs, 211 zone possessions, uh, that is 144 more than any other team. I don't know if this will work on Jokic and the Denver Nuggets, who I mean, clearly have been clearly have been the best team in the playoffs. And he's a supercomputer that seems to be able to solve any type of <laughs> yeah. defense you throw at him. Yep. Uh, but 
like you watch a ton of basketball. How weird is it to watch them just throw out zone? Is that why the Celtics struggle with it? Because nobody does it? Well, so you remember 17 years ago, it was illegal. You could not play zone in, in right. pro ball. That was, they had, It was called the illegal defense. Okay. And then they basically shifted the role now to the defensive three-second because it was too judgmental to call because teams were kind of playing zones a little bit, but they were really help defenses. And so it was hard to say if it was true. So they just switched it to an easier rule to call which is the defensive three seconds. So you can't basically post a guy underneath, which is in the college zone. You would see a lot where they just put the big guy basically right by the basket to play rim protection. You can't do that in the pros. But other than that, you can kind of move around. You keep Bam as a a shot blocker. Wow. I I think it's one of those things that works in a world where everybody does one thing. If you can do something different really well, then they don't prep for you as much. Because you're prepped. You go, okay, we're going to practice today. If they're on screen, you know, if they're going to switch on a screen – or if they're going to go under on a screen, or they're going to go over on a screen. That's normally how we defend. Mm-hmm. So when they go, well, they're just running a zone, so it's kind of a switch, but it's also not like yeah. they're, they're not coming over. They're in those positions. It's all, you're playing a little bit different style, and when you're going, okay, well, I'm going to run three screens across, you go, well, it doesn't matter because they're just playing a zone. Yeah, yeah. So your guy's never going to try and fight through it. And, and so it just becomes something where you just don't practice that style as much throughout a season, and then right before – Right before the playoffs, you're like, ah, crap, we're playing Miami. We got Now we got to practice this a lot. And if you have guys like Tatum and, and Brown who just want to play ISO the whole game, you match up really well with them because everyone's around to help out all the time. And unless your guys are hitting all your threes, which they weren't in game seven, just it's it's hard to break a zone without hitting threes. Yeah, the purpose of it is to make you a jump shooting team. Yep, and if you yep. can hit it, get your jump shots, obviously, then you win. But if you can't hit your jump shots, which they did not, nine of forty two from three. It was <laughs> yeah, it was their second worst three point shooting team shooting performance. I'd say of the playoffs. Uh, sorry, of the season. Yes, of the season. Um, and by the way, it was. Um, their their worst three point shooting performance of the season was actually uh, earlier this year in the playoffs that you started looking at. So the Celtics have been like they have struggled from three point range, struggling. Uh, I believe that was in game. Yeah. So even in this series, they've had some of their worst three point shooting performances of the season, and goes to what Miami has done. Uh, Patrick broke it down and made them a jump shooting team. And I don't know why when you make Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, the primary ball handlers. Now, you brought up, Harge, if Jalen Brown's going to have eight turnovers, which is a franchise record <laughs> in his career high, that also hurts you. Yes. So on top yes. of them not hitting jump shots and also Jalen Brown turning over the ball, Jason Tatum, who's supposed to be your other primary ball handler, mm-hmm. he's hurt. Yes. So it ended up being the perfect storm of, of basically Fuster Cluck if you will, uh, for yeah. for Boston. They couldn't hit their jump shots against the zone, and their primary ball handlers are guys who can at least penetrate, and that's the key to the zone, right? you got to be able to you break through to it, break to. it, yes. and penetrate it, and then once you can you know, put the ball on the floor and kind of get dribble penetration, you can force them to collapse the zone, and then you can kick it out. But Jalen Brown can't kick it out because he's turned the ball over. Jason Tatum can't kick it out because he's – Got a broken ankle, sorry, sprained yeah. ankle. Um, so it's tough for him. So and they couldn't hit their shots. So in in a nutshell, that's why they got blown out. When you sit here and you look at Jalen Brown, one of nine from three. Jason Tatum, one of four. Al Horford was your better shooter. He was two of five. <laughs> Al Horford. And then you look at Derek White, and you're talking about your primary ball handlers. I Marcus Smart and Derek White both played point guard. 
So I don't understand how you see that your guy is limping and not being able to move, you know, without looking gingerly, and you don't go and get the ball from him. That's the thing that really drives me nuts is like, you want to be primetime players, but you do not, you're not even making the matinee. You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys aren't even showing up at the time that you need them. Now, Jason Tatum, he put the team on his back, uh, what, the previous series where he scored 51 in Game 7. So yes. I'll, I'll give him that. Yes. And I'm sure in his mind, going into yesterday, that's what he was going to do. But like anything else, when that is taken away from you, you have to be able to adjust. And it looked like their game plan was, oh, Jason Tatum can't get to the rim, so guess what? Let's all just shoot threes. That we aren't even hitting. And I'll give Derek White credit. He did try an attack, uh, and it just kind of started to get more and more out of hand. And as it got more out of hand, they were like, well, look, we." the more he played offense, it seemed like the less he was playing defense. Yep. Which, if you're kind of getting twos, he was the only one really getting to the free throw line. Because yep. he was trying to attack. Six or seven. But I, I think mm-hmm. it was just he's not built to be that guy to do it for an entire game. He can do it in moments. Yeah. But for an entire game, it just wears on you, and then your defense starts to slip. Mm-hmm. And then they're hitting threes on you because you're not getting back over on Caleb Martin or you're not getting back over on Gabe Vincent or you're not getting back over on whoever you're supposed to be guarding when you help off. And they hit a three, and that two you just hit doesn't matter anymore right. because now you're still losing ground. And so I like I, I agree with you. Marcus Smart has – I mean, he's really hitting the end because his defense isn't where it was before – and now, offensively, he is just basically a three-point shooter. Yeah, he's not even trying to get to the rim. He's like not he trying to get to the rim. Jalen Brown couldn't get to the rim. And <laughs> I know Jason Tatum's hurt. Until until your leg falls off, yeah. don't tell me you're humbly building the best players in the world and you're a Kobe guy if you're going to not take more shots than Jalen Brown. Yep. And when he's missing. I get it. I get it. It sucks. You were hurt. You were probably going to miss them all. Make them pull you out of the game because you're, you're four for 30. And you're like, dude, I can't hit – Make them do it. Yep. But until then, you can't keep disappearing in big games and game sevens and and in playoff games because you're just on the other side waiting for the ball to come to you. You cannot do that if you're Jason Tatum, and you cannot allow that if you're a head coach in the NBA. You yep. have a guy who is supposed to be a top ten player in the NBA, and you're not forcing the ball to him in a game seven. Right. Yeah, guys, I went back and looked at it. Uh, by the way, great point there, Patrick. I agree. Uh, went back and looked at it. Um, yeah, indeed. The the Celtics' worst three-point shooting performances of the season, game six and seven of this series. Yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> so mad. That is unbelievable. That's their, 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 first, their worst was game six. They shot 20%. And their second worst was tied uh, second worst was Game Seven at twenty twenty one point four percent. That talk about yeah. in, they have an inconvenient time for you to have well, a a a shooting slump. But they, that was the thing is they got hot for two games, and so then they get kept shooting like they were hot. We saw it with Golden State too. They would get hot, and then for the next two to three games, act like they were still going to hit everything they took. You're like, dude, you can't. That's true, but the Celtics did shoot the third most threes in NBA history. So that they, they that's what they do. Like in the regular season, they just they but, like to shoot threes. But it's the playoffs, and you're losing. You, there has to be adjustments at a certain I, point. You no, know, I agree. 
I'm gonna live yeah, with agree. the three, and I'm gonna die with I, the three. I'm a Rockets fan, so I remember <laughs> them. Do you remember teams. what was it? Twenty-seven oh, in a row. And it was oh, it's 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 one of the worst ways yes. to, to, to to die. To, your sports <laughs> fan, you have a sports <laughs> fandom, kind of just that that feeling where you know they're gonna keep doing it. They were it, killing you with paper cuts, and it's not. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it, it is not working. Like nobody's team yeah. is working, and that, it happened to the Celtics in back-to-back games. Um, so yeah, you got uh, this this coach uh, Missoula keep his job. He did push it to Game Seven. Well, but here's the deal: oh, he pushed it to Game Seven with a way more talented roster and a team that should have won in like five against an eight seed. I get, look, I get Miami's better than most people are giving them credit for, but no, no, they were an eight seed and they lost the playing game. They first. The and play-in. Tyler Hero's out. Yeah. And Tyler Hero's been first playing team, yeah. playing team in NBA history to make the NBA Finals. Obviously, playing's a relatively new thing, but uh, yeah, man, they beat the number one seed and they just beat the two seed. It's <laughs> working their they way. Make it, yep. They make it. Yep. It's working their way. But- I'll, I'll give you guys this. These stats are unbelievable. About sorry, these kind of nuggets about the Miami Heat are just uh, just mind blowing. So the Miami Heat. Uh, were outscored by 26 points over the regular season, uh, 82 regular season game season. Uh, the o- the <laughs> only other team in NBA history that has reached the NBA Finals after getting outscored in the regular season, the Lakers, 1958. The 59 Lakers, Lakers uh, who actually, that team was the first Laker team to make it into a finals and play the Boston Celtics in the finals. Oh, but I think they got swept too. Yeah. Yeah. Of course they did. <laughs> of course uh, they did. So you just don't see this. You do not see a team like the Miami Heat being what they were in the regular season and now advancing to the NBA finals. But I mean, they do have a a core that is a special, unique core mm-hmm. with Pat Riley at the top of the think tank. I was going to say, Pat Riley being at the top. The guy's got, he's been at 25%, a quarter of all NBA finals in the history of NBA finals. Yeah. As a player, exec, or a coach. So, and, and, he's, and he's got Hemi running the show for him. And he's got Hemi. He's got Hemi. <laughs> and, I, you know, following up on those nuggets that you just gave right there, this is the first team, <clears throat> first NBA finals, 2020 appearance, since the LeBron era, right? So they went after LeBron. He took them to the playoffs, Jimmy did, in the bubble. Playoffs. And made it to the finals. The first eight seed, as you just mentioned, since 1999 to mm-hmm. make it to the finals. First playing team, obviously, because it's new. They led Miami to the third conference final in four seasons, and he's headed to his second NBA finals in four seasons. That's Hemi Butler. Hey, can I bring up that? Yeah, people keep bringing up that 99. Because is that the Knicks that people are talking about, that AC thing? Isn't that the Knicks, the 99 Knicks? Mm-hmm. We're in a 50-game season? Yeah. Yeah, we think it was a short season, too. Yeah, because yeah, that was yeah. the Spurs' first title. So, yep. just throwing it out That's there. why people were mad, right? Yeah. Because the Spurs got that title, <laughs> and they were very upset. Yeah, they were, yeah. they were because trying. they were saying it was a short season. It yeah, people make up excuses yeah, every yeah, time. Yeah. Every <laughs> time. They weren't the way going to then. Yeah. But yeah. them second, and then that third, yeah. and like, ah, you know And then what? the Lakers went one in the bubble, and they're like, well, I mean, like, everyone was in the bubble. Like, everyone played 50 games. <laughs> no, they did. People, no, people want, no, LeBron haters love to put an asterisk on the they do. Lakers championship in the bubble. Oh, no, they're, they're doing it quick. Oh, oh no, wait a minute. People put an asterisk on everything. <laughs> well, I'm an asterisk Everyone fan. who's not their team. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. They got Trust to go me. strong. The Astros got one too. I'm cool with. I'm, I'm cool with the asterisk. Okay, I can't say it correctly all the time, but I'm cool with it. Yeah. Um, so okay. let me give you this real quick. I'm going to talk yeah. about Eric Spolstra too, because that's somebody that we've been talking a lot about, and I think the nation now is really starting to believe that Spolstra, with the help of Pat Riley at the top, has done an unbelievable job. So remember this. He's been 28 seasons. He was he was with the Heat starting in 1985 as their video coordinator. 1995, excuse me. 1995, he was the video coordinator. Ever since he's been there, 28 seasons later, they have 800 and tw- he has 812 career, career wins, three-time NBA champion, two of them as the head coach, seven-time Eastern titles and seven conference finals, NBA finals, by Coach Spolstra. They got to put some respect on that dude's name. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the LeBron, you know, the, the curse of LeBron for a coach is that you don't get any credit for those LeBron championships. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I think you you will get credit for them retroactively, but you have to win – a you know, outside of the LeBron regime in the LeBron years. Right. Right? Because, unfortunately, people don't want to give you credit for those. Like, oh, that was LeBron. Uh, yeah, LeBron, that was easy. So he's now getting, if he's, especially if they win a title this year. Whew. They win a title this year uh, outside the LeBron years. Man, you talk about the, the street cred of Spolstra's about to go through the roof. Yes. It's about to go through the roof. Because he'll retroactively, people go, oh, actually, he gets a, more, a lot more credit for those LeBron championships. He will. I, I hate to break it, but he's not going to. But He should. I'm no, no, right. I'm, saying, I'm saying he is not going to win an NBA Finals this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, is, he is, once again, <laughs> they are running into a buzzsaw that is yes. just a better team. I don't disagree with that. No, and that, I, they're, that. they're a well-coached <laughs> team. Because this Celtics team had better players than them. But they were very poorly coached. They did not seem to have any motivation to try and win this series. It seemed like they were just, well, we'll just play the part, and then we'll we'll be in the finals, and we'll be able to go do that. Yeah. It, it did not seem like they ever had that. I will say Jimmy Butler needs to start having a little bit more fun again. It seemed like around game five, he has not smiled really since. Like, even he won the – they're like, hey, do you want to have the trophy? He's like, no, I'm good. Yeah, you talking about since he made, basically made the guarantee, and I think as he made the guarantee, and then maybe oh, has, I think it's before that. I think he hasn't. I think he just doesn't. He's like, I expected to win this. I expected to be in Denver already, getting ready. Oh, uh, you said after the three games, three being up three zero, he kind of checked out. A little yeah, bit. and, and I, I mean, I think game four, like game four, out. they came back and won. He was like, I didn't sweep them. I failed, and now he's just in his. And so he's still playing okay. I can see, but that. he hasn't had a really. Like he's having good games. He had that but fourth he, quarter of game six. So yeah. He had a bad first three quarters, and then yeah. he had a better game seven. But you're right. I, I want to see him. But yeah, when he was sitting there and he didn't want to hold the trophy because he says, I'll hold the next one. I like that. I'm yep. like, I, you can do that, man, but enjoy the moment for the moment. You and should. then when you get back to the locker room, you can do whatever. But you're like, it's a, you for that day, you got to have a little bit of fun because nothing else is given. And then you're going to be like, 50 years later, like, oh, I should have held that trophy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't disagree with that. I just I, I know how Jimmy's got the competitive sickness, yeah. right? People are comparing him to Jordan. He's got the competitive sickness, and I so, th- I do think he's disappointed that they did not wrap it up because they do need every advantage versus Denver because not only do you have to go up there and play in the altitude, they got the home court on you, uh, but also you have they, they have to rest. I mean, they have to rest rusting. I know we'll have the debate, but honestly, even if they are rusty, that rust only lasts like a half. 
of basketball. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that rust ain't going to last for the whole damn series. No. That's like yeah. a half a rust, no. like a half a basketball, and then the rust is gone. No, your hope is that Jamal Murray has cooled off considerably. Yeah. That's your hope, because you know what Jokic is going to be. Yeah, and they'll be arrested Jokic. Like, this, this you know, superhuman, supercomputer is rested now. Like, yeah. They're all yeah. rested. And like I said, I, I'm with you. It's going to be a Herculean task. To, and we got, like I said, we got a ton of time to break it down. Uh, but I want to go back to the Spolster thing. Yep. It just kind of gets to our the conversation, Patrick, was just bringing up about the uh, the Denver Nuggets and how Jimmy needs <laughs> to enjoy the moment because it may not be another moment. Because it's about to be, yeah. <laughs> just mean, take it all in, man. It may not be another moment. <laughs> um, Spolster is great as an underdog. Like he and 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 you know what? And it fits because they are the ultimate underdog. The whole damn team. Yep. The only thing that's not undrafted. Un, the only thing that's un yeah not underdog ish about Miami Heat is Pat Riley and the city of Miami. Everything about it's about the basketball team is there. You talking about the undrafted players? Guys, not only have they scored the most points in the history of the playoffs by undrafted players. They also now have the record for the most amount of undrafted players <laughs> yes. played in the modern era since 1966 or whatever it was. I mean, so yes, ever, basically. Um, seven. They played seven undrafted players in the postseason. Seven. Who the hell, how, how can you play seven undrafted players in the postseason? It's all the dudes from the wreck. What? you bringing <laughs> them all in talking about, I, I guarantee you we can beat them. It goes back to Jimmy's uh, his interview that he had where he played – the the Timberwolves with the G League players when he was on the squad he Man. said I'm about to beat y'all with these guys I don't want to play with Carl Anthony Towns I don't want to play with T mm-hmm. I don't want to play with Wiggins I want to play with them dudes in the G League and I'm gonna beat you because I that's play, what he got because I like dogs I'm yes. a dog so even if I need to have an underdog I'll take the underdog because it's got a dog in it yeah, exactly. I'll take the underdog even though you got more talent I'll take the underdog because he got some dog in him I'll, and all I'll I need is dog it. and yes. his whole damn team is just dogs yes. yes and he's also got apparently hidden videos that he's showing people that he won't let us know what they are. Who, Jimmy? No, Eric Spolstra. <laughs> Eric Spolstra. Well, because after the game, they, Bam Adebayo goes, uh, Spo showed us a showed us like a short video, a motiv- uh, inspirational video, a motivational video, Ooh. and uh, and it really, you know, it got us going. And then he's like, what's the video? And he's like, oh, man, it was a great thing. And then they asked, so Ernie goes, well, well, Ernie, Eric, you got to tell us, what was the video? He goes, Ah, the video's not what matters. What matters is the players and like <laughs> oh. grabs him and said, and you're like, what is the video? He wasn't supposed to mention the video then. I think he I think was, it. No, and if you look at his face when he says it, Eric's supposed to face like, why did you mention the video? Don't mention the video. Oh, the first rule of Fight nope, Club is don't talk about Fight don't Club. Don't talk about Fight Club. That's also the second rule. So. I was going to say, they, <laughs> them rules go on and on, and yeah. they're all the same. And he's a video guy. He probably did it himself. He probably yes. went down there. Because when he started the video guy's hard, he probably went down there, yes. put the video together himself. Yes. And I was like, oh, damn, this is the secret recipe. Oh, that's good. The video. Now we all gotta know. We're good. Who? What's okay. the video? All right, we need to find out that video. We need to find this video. I'll Where's TMZ at? Maybe it's a video of Jimmy Butler doing his first country music video because <laughs> he has a country music album that also has got to be close to done or at least is in editing phase. Yeah. So I can't wait to see that when it comes out. All right. Uh, we don't have to make picks yet. We'll make our picks later on in the week. We got. I a mean, while. I think it's pretty much we're unanimous over here. 
I'm rooting for Jimmy though. Oh, Jimmy We're definitely win. rooting for him. Jimmy's gonna right. be Jimmy, but the reality right, let me, let me, is, championship me, Jimmy is more entertaining than championship Jokic. No, no, I get that. I Agreed. will say, thank God Jimmy won because we'd all be heavily rooting for Denver because this Boston team is hard to root for. Exactly, they are. They I, are. That's a great point. The Boston fan base has been hard to root for. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a Jack Harlow fan, so I ain't rooting for him. The only <laughs> rapper who's ever rooted for the Celtics. He, he got a song about Tyler Hero, yet he's in a Boston Celtics. So that's crazy. Yeah, because he's a Tyler Hero fan. T- who's gonna be back? Yep. He's supposed to be back at during one it. point. Yeah, they're they're saying game three right now. He okay. was shooting yesterday during the pregame. There you go. And I kept thinking, uh oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. And it was like. We don't need him yet. Well, at least off the Get bench. More I wouldn't disrupt the flow. I'd bring him off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, don't start. You bring him off the bench. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can, only, he can only help you, right, at this point. But, uh, yeah, they're riding a wave of emotion. All right. Uh, good stuff there. We'll get into uh, some more NBA discussion coming up the top of the 5 o'clock. All right, we come back. we got to talk some NBA news notes. Sorry, NFL news notes and nuggets. Got NBA on the brain. Uh-huh. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, price tag. Um, apparently, guys, it is not discounted as we previously <laughs> And Jimmy Garoppolo, oh, my God. This Jimmy Garoppolo news is opening the door to one of the greatest conspiracy theories that we have referenced on this show multiple times, the Tom mm-hmm. Brady, Jackie Moon conspiracy theory. It's back. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, one for nine horn. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Don't lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. That's when Patrick takes jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts and play those songs for us. Um, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually... I've heard this song, but I, yeah. I, I haven't listened to the lyrics until you told me to. Yeah. No, I have too. Is All it about marrying an ugly girl? Yeah. There's a great breakdown in this too where he just goes... Hey, I saw your wife. Boy, is she ugly. And he goes, yeah, but she can cook. And then it goes back to singing. It's phenomenal. Wow. This is a number one. Okay, man. Okay, so does he reference the cookie thing in here? Is that what it is? Like she ugly, but she can cook? Yeah. I mean, it's, the lyrics are pretty simple, which okay. is it's just a All pretty right. woman will just wow. give you too much hassle. So. I heard the ugly thing. Yeah, yeah so get, get an the ugly, ugly woman to marry yeah. you. Wow. Yeah. There, I, here I, you go. There's a breakdown for you. <laughs> wow what's the group Who, what's this, this is jimmy soul one hit wonder i i mean i guess yeah. it was a I hit think, though I, it was it a was number a one hit single i wonder if the guys liked it more or the ladies liked it more it feels like it's just catchy 
And then uh, you wow. listen to it 20 times, and then you're like, I think wait all, a minute. Like I said, this is one of those things where all the people <laughs> listening, like, all the, even though even the song may be about you, but nobody thinks it's about them. Yeah, yeah. So you can be ugly. And I was like, he ain't talking about me. And he actually is. <laughs> he actually is looking no, right at nobody, you while he's singing yeah, yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> nobody believes he's talking about them, but it's like, girl, can you cook? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then, are you good looking? Well, okay. <laughs> Truth is, I think most people are average looking. The The extremes are, the minorities are really good looking people and really ugly people. And I'm not unattractive. I shouldn't even say ugly. Unattractive. And you know what? I, hey, they, they've done a lot of studies about unattractive people and they actually need their own advocacy group. I'm not joking. Because they, they have a hard time getting jobs. They make less money than people make. They, they're treated like most minorities in this country where... They end up having a lower quality of life. See, like hard over here trying mm-hmm. to hold back. No, they do. They have a lower. A, a I lower, know exactly what you're saying. It is. It is a lower quality of life than most Americans, uh, and it's because they're unattractive. So most groups who are minorities and they have to deal with that type of discrimination, they have advocacy groups like the NAACP. Yep. So mm-hmm. there needs to be a group that advocates for unattractive people. The problem is. Basically, getting back to the point of the song, nobody wants to admit they're unattractive so they can get the benefits of the advocacy group. Mm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, trying, I'm telling you, it's the truth. I've done the research on it. Hey, it's the truth. My man did a deep dive on that. Most, but I guess yeah. most people are just average looking, so you don't have to worry about it. But the really unattractive people, that is, it's, yeah. it's tough. You know, y- y'all going A.V.? Hey. Everybody's like, I, don't, I wouldn't know. Hey. <laughs> nobody uh. in my household would know about that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Be, nobody would admit that. Nobody wants to admit they're a bad driver. I would say bad driving is like sex. Nobody wants to admit they're bad at it. Those are three things nobody will ever admit. They're ugly, bad driver, bad at sex. You never know why I say, oh, I'm just, people admit they're bad at a lot of stuff. Well, if you're ugly, you probably don't know you're bad at sex. <laughs> That's a good part. <laughs> That's good, Patrick. That is good right there, Patrick. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I haven't done it, how could I be bad? <laughs> All right. I'm back on the rails. Uh, there you go. Good job, Patrick. All right. Uh, so here, guys, according to Pro Football Talk, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> news hit last week. Uh, he started with that song, and it got us all off track. Uh, but DeAndre Hopkins news, remember, he's a free agent now. And a source close to, um, I guess, pro football talk um, explained to him that Hopkins currently expects to secure a significant contract offer on the open market. Mm. The problem, however, is that no one wanted to trade for his prior deal, which paid him less than $20 million a year. But remember, I brought up that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. deal. I mean, Odell got 15 mil base with an incentivized deal to get 18 million. That's it. I think he's going to want at least 18 million. He's probably going to want an incentivized deal to get him up to 20 plus million. <sighs> that's, the, that's the other part of this, too, is. Okay, when do we start saying, you said it at the very beginning. As soon as Odell got that money, you were like, why did he get that money? Like, why did they pay him that much money? Coming off of an injury, not sure if he's going to be that guy, and you just gave him X amount of dollars. Well, now, I think when that deal got done, it messed up the entire market for DeAndre Hopkins. Because everybody's looking at him saying, oh, we could have traded him and tried to get to a certain level. But then when the money changed, he was like, well, I'm not doing that because I've been playing and I've been healthy. I just got suspended for PEDs, but I show up every week. 
And now he's like, I don't know how many friendly deals I can give unless I'm going to do it for one season. I wouldn't sign a big deal. If you sign a one-year deal, go out there and, and put up some numbers, then somebody else is going to pay you anyway. But I'm not giving up big checks anymore. You're getting at the end of your career. You want all your money. You do want that bread. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to make it real tough for anybody to go out there and sign him. Well, we obviously know that Deshaun Watson keeps saying, I love to have him, but it's not my position to say that anymore. So I'm going to let the the people in the front office handle that. But he did voice his opinion. And we already know Cleveland is crazy enough to pay whatever to go and get somebody. Uh, That is true. It is also, uh, I I saw some early reports that Kansas City and Buffalo had been in touch with Arizona. Prior to this. Uh, Prior to them releasing DeAndre Hopkins. And Albert Breer reported um, that Hopkins uh, spoke to uh, the Chiefs right before the draft. And then Jeremy Fowler reported that basically there wasn't a bit of an arms race behind the scenes um, between the Bills and the Chiefs for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. So, yeah, they've been trying to position themselves for it. But I bet his price tag has probably changed a lot of teams' opinion about DeAndre Hopkins and whether they need him or not. Um, so if he's not going to give any type of discount, he wants a substantial deal, which you're right, Hart, she deserves, makes yep. sense. Um, I, I don't know if um, the contenders, all the contenders, will be on the market for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and it, we go into length of the contract, too, when you talk about a deal because so much of the salary is already kind of set and to have to make June 1st cuts to kind of get some off, but you don't want to go straight up against the cap either. So you have to say, well, we can give you 12 this year, but it's a, over a four-year deal. It'll even out yes. to X okay. amount. But we just can't afford to give you because we're not. Pre- we weren't prepared for an elite receiver to be on the market at this point of free agency. You're right. Good point. Because yeah, you already signed draft picks, terms of salary cap room, and everything. Yeah. And no, yeah. and it's DeAndre Hopkins turns 31 in a week. So he's 30 right now. He'll be 31 in a week. So it is, you know, a two-year deal, three-year deal. Is there really another big contract in there, That's or does he want to try and make this? his last big one and get a four or five year deal and get as much guaranteed money as possible. I think he I wants think to, it's, yeah, I yeah. think it's that guarantee yeah, too. That money. Yeah. Give me as much as you possibly this, can right now. This report is coming out for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and I think the reason is like, hey man, quit calling me. If y'all ain't ready, right. offer me a real deal. Quit, I need quit that calling loop. me assuming I'm gonna give y'all a discount because right. y'all gonna might play for a Super Bowl. I'm not about that. <laughs> I'm gonna make a team I'm gonna make a team competitive wherever I go to, but they gonna they gonna pay me market yes uh, price. I want all my yeah, market value. I, I, yeah, and we were just speculating last week that maybe if you wanted to give a little bit of discounts, right? Um, right now, this the latest report is um, disputing those speculations. Yeah. All right, let's get to this, guys. This Jimmy Garoppolo news is crazy. <laughs> it's, it's so, so sickening. Oh man, I can't believe it's happening like this. It's almost like Hollywood is writing this script. Right? So Tom Brady now is an official minority owner of the Mm -hmm. Las Vegas Raiders. Josh McDaniels, one of his former coaches, when they were winning Super Bowls, his offensive coordinator with the Patriots, is there as the head coach. And now it is, and Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, has been signed, or at least now he is, as uh, their quarterback, bridge quarterback, quarterback of the foreseeable future. And he failed his physical. Because of an examination with his foot, uh, so what they didn't get into specifics, but 
uh, Garoppolo basically he failed the physical. It all got pushed. Basically, a lot of his money got pushed to the 2023 base salary. Yeah. Uh, he originally had an uh, $11.25 million signing bonus. After he failed the physical, it, they pushed that all to his 2023 base salary. His ability to earn uh, on this year hinges on basically his foot, you know, recovering. Are you going to be ready to go? And him not. Yeah, having that same type of an injury. Yeah. So if he has that same type of an injury and the injury that he failed the physical uh, for, uh, or at least because, I should say, um, it said uh, Garoppolo's contract now contains a critical final clause, addendum G, that addresses his foot injury suffered in the 2022 season um, and for which he had surgery after signing with the Raiders. Uh, it's a waiver and release in the first paragraph. The wavering lodges that without Garoppolo uh, would not pass. It said with it, without it, Garoppolo would not pass the team's physical because of pre-existing medical and middle fracture of his base of the second metatarsal. Yeah, in the basically left the foot. Liz, Liz Frank injury. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So basically, if he gets hurt because of that, if that injury rec- becomes recurring, they can they don't have to pay him all of his money. I was going to say they can pretty much void a majority of that yes. contract. The, the, yeah, the guaranteed <clears throat> bread. So that's the funny part about it too, is because everybody's trying to figure out why didn't he do it in the off season? Like, if you knew you had this injury, what or did it flare up? And he was talking about they were rehabbing it thinking that it was going to be okay. But then, again, you brought it up, failed a physical. You're not going to be able to pass a physical unless you do it. Um, Yeah, man, go get that figured out, man. That's a lot of money that's out there. And that's why people are always talking about Jimmy Garoppolo stays hurt. Like he's another one of those guys that you can't depend on. Because he's always going to have something wrong with him at the wrong time for you. And it continues to happen year in and year out. And you're a Jimmy G fan. And I'm a huge fan of Jimmy. You're one of the Jimmy. biggest Jimmy yeah. G fans I know. Yes. But, but you would I'm like, yes, he is fragile. Yeah, he does stay hurt a lot. For real. Um, and so now the conspiracy theory, we know that at one point Tom Brady did pursue um, ownership slash ownership mm-hmm. um, management uh, uh, opportunities uh, slash starting quarterback opportunities with the Miami Dolphins to the point where they actually had tampering uh, charges filed against them, and they lost draft picks as because of it. And that didn't work out. Remember, they wanted Sean Payton to be the head coach, Tom Brady to be the minority owner slash starting quarterback. Crazy, because now we realize you have to have like ownership approval to do something like that. Yeah. I don't even know how they thought they would have got that done. Either way, um, it looks like now there is an opportunity, potentially, with the Raiders. If Jimmy G does get hurt, which we know he is fragile, he does get hurt, mm-hmm. uh, there's an opportunity. There's talk now. It ain't coming from the Raiders. It's just coming from speculation around the league. People looking for a reason to say something. That Tom Brady ain't done. That Tom Brady could pull a Jackie Moon here, guys. And mm-hmm. it came, if it wasn't with the Dolphins, it could end up being with the Raiders. Yeah. See, Patrick might go back to the Raiders now. What? I don't uh, like Tom Brady. You gotta yeah. remember this. But you uh, like winning. You like winning championships. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Josh McDaniels in a hey. in an ancient Tom Brady gonna win nothing there. Josh McDaniels works better with Tom Brady. He does that. work better. They've gotten rid of almost all their talented players. They try they're just trying to get rid of guys. They still have Devontae Adams, but they have not kept a lot of guys. Josh Jacobs will be going after this year. Yeah. No, I'm with that. It's obviously just a conspiracy theory. Yes. But I wouldn't doubt if it, you see something like that one day down the line. I don't know. Tom Brady, 
Something tells me Tom Brady ain't done either. I don't know. It seemed weird. Something tells me Tom Brady ain't done Do we either. all think Tom Brady's done? Do we think it's over? No. You think it's over? I don't believe any of that. I think if the right opportunity comes along, i.e. this, exactly. then he'll come back. <laughs> yes. Exactly. That's why I'm saying. Somebody like, wrote this script. All right, we come back. We got the flex. Somebody on, wrote this script. It seems like it. Anyway. <laughs> Tom Brady going Hollywood. That's going to happen, too. All right, we come back. We'll get into the flex on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. I wonder if we're another one. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Top of the charts Tuesday. I guess uh, the Tighten Up Tuesday, too. The Tighten Up. <laughs> did like the Tighten Up originate in H-Town? Is that what they basically yeah, the telling Archie Bell the Drills from Houston, Texas. All right. Um, I will admit, I am from H-Town. I have no idea how to do the Tighten Up. I think it's, it seems pretty simple, though. Did it, they explain it in the song, the Tighten Up? I don't think they do. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to look it up then. The Tighten Up. Yeah. How are you? older than we are. Man, dang, you just threw me there. I don't know well, how to tighten no, up. No, I ain't know how to old. tighten up. I'm not dog. saying you Bucky God, Bucky God, but you don't know how to be that tight up. I'm not saying you're that old. I'm saying you might know more than we do. Yeah, I ain't that tightened up. 1968? No. Yes. No doubt. Yeah, no way. I'm sorry. All right. Um, all right, there you go. Thanks for my man, Patrick. Top of the Trust Tuesday. Doing a great job for us. Uh, go check out flxatx.com, flxatx, on all of your social media platforms. Uh, also, go at the flxatx website. You can go check out uh, the results of the uh, 707. Also, some of the older podcasts of the Wednesday Night Flex. You can go check that out at flxatx.com, uh, flxatx on all your social media platforms. We also have Taylor Ducks. They continue to make it to the regional final. They will take on China Springs. The Rouse baseball team will take on Bernie Champion. Oh, by the way, Bernie Champion's catcher. Bernie. His name is Cage Goldberg. Does that name sound familiar to me, to you? Oh, is that, is is Goldberg that Goldberg's son? son? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. He's the catcher, so don't try to run him over. Westlake will take on San Antonio like Johnson. They start that this Thursday right across the street. Then they go to San Antonio and then rumor has it, if there is a game three, that game may be played at Dishfalk. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So there there cool. is ways of getting around that. Just so y'all know, <laughs> you probably heard of San Antonio Johnson before. They beat Bowie and they beat Lake Travis as well. It's so nice. this, they, they could take over the district. It's a quality baseball yeah, program. Yeah, it is. For sure. Uh, no doubt. Thanks for those updates there, Horace, for uh, the, uh, the Flex, FLXATX.com, FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. Uh, speaking of, Horace, we got to get Horace's thoughts about Texas baseball. Yeah. Um, they are now headed to Miami. Uh, Miami is the host uh, regional team, so we'll get into that, too, and uh, get his thoughts, uh, break that down a little bit. Also, go behind the Bernard's curtain and talk Texas football. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian made three hires uh, to his analyst role, but they are all given the title of special assistant to the head coach uh, for every different phase of the game. We'll break that down and talk about that as well coming up in the top of the 4 o'clock. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.